Well, this Knicks and Jazz game looks kind of close. Mm-hmm. We're going to win a little we'll money see. if the Knicks go ahead and win. I don't know if the Knicks can do it, though. I don't either, but. All right, should we do this? It's 940. Mm-hmm. You recording? Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Uh, all right. Let's go. Welcome to House of Hoops with Bo, Brian, and Jeff. I'm Jeff Hausman, coming to you from Memphis, Tennessee. This is an NBA podcast, and we will podcast no matter what. The podcast will go on. It's episode 96. It's Monday night, February 7th, 2022. Thank you for listening. here tonight brian's out again due to unforeseen circumstances but here coming to us virtually from st paul minnesota is bo brady hey how's it going what up bo what's up nothing what are we doing tonight what is happening in the nba trades 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 the trade deadline is upon us this is our last episode before the trade deadline where no more trades can happen. So there's going to be a lot of trade talk. And we got our pick game. Maybe a couple other things. See how it goes. Visit houseofhoops.com, H A U S of hoops.com, because we're paying for it. Hope you enjoy tonight. What's up, Bo? How's it going? Good, man. <laughs> Did you like that one? Uh, that, was a, that was a nice jam. Yeah. It's a brand new one. Nice work. I put all of our music, well, not all of it. I put the first 16 tracks on SoundCloud this week. You can find our music. Uh, you just look for uh, House of Hoops. It's a H-A-U-S of Hoops. The name of the album is Music to Die To. And remember, you do what I say or I will remove all of my music from SoundCloud. Oh. That's a threat. Bo... <laughs> How you been, man? What you doing? Just hanging. I got I got electricity, which a lot of y'all don't. Electricity? What's that? That's right. 
tell us why Memphis doesn't have a lot of electricity right now. Man, we had that big old ice storm come on down through. Oh, no. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, a bunch of ice fell from the sky, landed on all the trees and power lines and whatnot. And then it got really windy Ooh. one night. And just limbs just started falling from the sky. Trees falling over, uprooting, limbs breaking off all over town. Just tens of thousands of people without power. Still thousands without power now. This was what? Tens of thousands. Wednesday night? Yeah, it's a yeah, lot. Wednesday night. It's a problem. Yeah, my parents had had power since Thursday morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a big, big problem. A lot of businesses are without power. Uh, street lights out all over town. Accidents. People don't know how to act when the street lights are out or they're just not even seeing them. Accidents all over the place. It's really, uh, it's really bad. Uh, when you drive around through the city, you just hear generators just going everywhere. Some people just went out and bought generators. It could be another week, another week and a half, two weeks before everybody gets their power back. Who knows? It's pretty awful. Brian's not here tonight. He doesn't have power at his house. I don't think he's staying at his house, so it's not really. And then work has just been crazy because we're we don't have all our power where we work. We have some power somehow i think the building's on two different grids because it's a really old building in it he's not here because of that just multitudes of reasons really i would expect he'll be back next week but i can't say that for sure i don't know i still have power it flickered about three times tonight hopefully it doesn't go out while we're recording i don't know what'll happen then it'll go out I don't know what that means for this episode. Whatever. It's a shame. It's hard, man. Like, my neighborhood's all out of power, and then there's, like, uh, like eight houses that do have power right now. And mine's one of them. I feel bad. I have, like, power gr- uh, guilt. Like, I almost wish I didn't have it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel bad that I have power. Like look across the street and I know they're in there and I know they're cold. And so <laughs> I'm like outside cranking a cigarette and my porch lights on, just blasting. House is nice and warm. I like feel guilty. And you have internet. That's something else too. Yeah, I feel terrible. But I've been on the other side of this too. Because my house is like I guess on a different grid than the people across the street and around. I've been on the other side of this where I didn't have power and they did. So I don't know. The guilt will subside, but it's not a good feeling. I don't like being the have when there's have nots. What have you been up to? Well, I uh, I started a new book. It's called Sellout. Sellout. Yeah, and... It's the major label feeding frenzy that swept punk, emo, and hardcore from 1994 to 2007. It's by Dan Ozzy, O-Z-Z-I. And the Mm. first chapter is about Green Day and Dookie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I finished that chapter, and it talks about how Green Day kind of came from pretty obscure from obscurity basically yeah. in this San Francisco punk scene. And then their major label debut was the, 
the Dookie album that we all know. We were young youngsters. Anyway, it talks about that. And then the second chapter is about Jawbreaker. Hmm. And it kind of covers the the Jawbreaker story like similar to the Jawbreaker story that was portrayed in that movie. You know. That, real quick, wasn't Jawbreaker's like a sellout album, Dear You? Yes, that and, was on Geffen. Dude, that's one of my favorite albums they made, though. Is that weird? It, it's one of my favorites, too. Um, but that came out in, was it 96? This sounds right. 95. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, 95. A lot of great things happened in 95. 95 was a beautiful fucking year, man. Yeah, that was yeah. The Dear You is one of my favorites as well. But we didn't grow up like that. Was kind of our first exposure to Jawbreaker. I would because mm-hmm. uh, in '95 I was what 15, junior high, I guess. I was in high school. Maybe you were in junior high. I don't know. That's the year I started high school. '95, '96, I think. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, like my senior high school yearbook quote was from a line from that album. Nice. I just really like the way that one's that uh, has good songs. That's great. Oh. And did you did you know that the song Fireman has a music video? No, it does. I didn't even know that, which is kind of crazy. So I'm excited to listen to that book. Oh, okay. And the chapter three is going to be Jimmy Eat World, which I listen i think i had one of their cds back in the day you did you burned it for me it was the <laughs> it was okay i remember thinking there was like one good song on whatever yeah. album you burned for me there's like one one song that i was like okay yeah i wasn't a big fan of all their stuff though yeah i i listened to a little bit of it today and i was like eh, doesn't yeah. quite hold doesn't quite hold up yeah i wish i knew what damn song it was I don't think I, I think it was just a burn CD. You know what I mean? I know what album it probably was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sounds really good. Yeah, it's a cool book so far. It's a book. I mean, uh, no, uh, yeah, Green Day took a lot of shit for you know selling out, but come on, what are you supposed to do? Just be broke forever? Well, right. Well, you should capitalize on your on your art. They got fucking shit on when they signed. Oh, they they did big time. <laughs> and there's even like a anecdote in the in that chapter on Green Day that like Jello Biafra was at some punk club in Oakland, and these punks like were calling him a rich punk a rich punk rock sellout, and they were like beating him, like they were holding him down and like kicking him in the head and yeah. tore some of his knee ligaments. It's ridiculous. It's like, dude, it's just jello. It's like, uh, come on. just music. <laughs> yeah. I think people feel differently about it now. Yeah, no, no. Selling selling out now is like the thing to do. For whatever reason, things have changed, I think. Everybody wants to fucking sell out immediately. Yeah, I think I think so. That's why TikTok exists. So anyway, that that's good, and and then Jawbreaker, they're making a tour stop in Minneapolis, and I got tickets to that oh, cool. for the dear, the twenty five year dear you tour. Did so that's watch, exciting. Did you watch the Jawbreaker documentary? I did. Yeah, that's pretty good. 
I liked it. Yeah. I don't know if we talked about that ever. We I don't know if we have Billy Joe Armstrong's in it. Yeah. I don't know if we that was like over the pan like a lockdown pandemic era. It was like right. Well, I know they had it in like in theaters be- right before because Ryan Carter went to one of the screenings of it in Nashville and got me a jawbreaker pin, hmm. which I was grateful for. Thanks, hell, Ryan. Hell yeah. Shout out Ryan Carter. He's kind of a sellout. He moved to Nashville. Nah, he's no way, man. He's doing good. <laughs> I'm he's just about to have a kid. He's he's doing great. I'm just joking. <laughs> You move from Memphis to Nashville. There's like a certain level of oh, yeah, there is you fucker. <laughs> I guess that's the attitude. Yeah. Well, no. Well, the Ryan, the t- it was good timing for him to leave Memphis. It, it actually well, worked out. It had nothing to do with yeah, yeah. It had nothing to do with him selling out. No, I was just kind of. It was. It was a good. It was a great move for him. And now he's happily married. I haven't met his wife, but we've talked couple times i think she's awesome yeah he seems happy yeah man i don't know as happy as anybody can be who's happy all the fucking time come on let's be real that's right so what else you been up to anything that's about it yeah been watching any hoops a little bit yeah i wanted to I, i wanted to take the kids to the timberwolves yesterday but it didn't just didn't work out it was the mascot is crunch and it was his birthday yesterday <laughs> and the first it was five thousand kids 12 and under got an anthony edwards jersey oh i thought that would be kind of cool you could get one you could wear it i, I could wear it. I, it it would be a little tight on me i would hope maybe be pushing it the numbers would be little oh why are the numbers on your jerseys a little yeah yeah, you might should probably just start investing in some Anthony Edwards jerseys and top shots, top shots and autograph cards. Yeah, I think Jaws Jaws have spiked too hard. Uh, yeah, now yes, yes, you're buying high. I have one of his rookie cards. <laughs> I bought it. It was a uh, pre graded. It's already graded and shit. So. Figured I'd get one. There you go. I got a sweet deal last week on a Stromile Swift autograph card. The guy wanted two hundred. I got it for twenty. There you go. I don't know if it was like, you know, he had the price up really high or what, but I felt good about twenty bucks. Stromile rookie, autographed. And he said, "Fuck it, I want. I love this thing." Yeah, it'd probably been on eBay for years. He's just <laughs> losing money on fees. <laughs> yeah, I offered him 20, like just half-heartedly. And your offer has been accepted. I was like, oh shit, I guess I'm buying this thing. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the picture. I'll put it up on Instagram. Nobody's going to know what the fuck it means unless they listen to the show. But I mean, I should look for an autographed Brevin rookie. He may not have ever done a signing. Yeah. You want to get the ones that are like official signings. Right. Yeah, I understand cuz yeah. like there's no disputing it. Well, that in when a player just autographs a random card, it actually depreciates in value. It's not worth anything more really typically. 
You want the ones that where they sit down and they sign like 200 cards or whatever. Mm -hmm. Those little ones. Right. But yeah, it is authenticated and also it it's uh, just more valuable. Had a bunch of questions for Brian. He's not here. Yeah, I want to hear about his New York trip. Right. Dude, I started watching uh, Pam and Tommy on Hulu. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> Have you heard of this? I well, I, I we were gonna watch. We were watching Rami that a TV show on Hulu, and then I saw Pam and Tommy. I said, "Wait a second, is that <laughs> is that Nick Offerman and uh, Seth Rogen?" Yeah. <laughs> and then Kate didn't know the the Pam and Tommy sex tape story. Oh, really? I was like, I, you know, I, I don't really remember this either. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure what happened either. We should watch this. <laughs> it's pretty fucking funny, man. It's really like made for TV feeling, you know? Yeah, but it's it's fucking great. It, sound, it looks awesome. I'm, I'm going to watch it. We, we were mere boys when Baywatch was a hit TV show. Yeah, I didn't pay attention to that shit. Pamela Anderson. It was a big show. You didn't watch Baywatch? No, dude. I didn't. <laughs> I was so not into pop culture. For instance, I've never seen the ti Titanic. That's just weird. I'm. I'm telling you, like there was this huge dark void of pop culture for me from <laughs> like eighth grade until basically now. You should skip watching Titanic and just watch the fan edit version where it's just like mm. the story of Titanic. They cut out all the Leonardo DiCaprio scenes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like a, telling the story of the Titanic. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's very strange. I'm, I'm just, I just was like not a pop culture guy. I'm really not. I wasn't really either until uh, I stopped like going out and partying a lot, just hanging out at the house more often. Like watch way more television. I like watching TV. It's one of my favorite things to do. What the we watch TV at night once the kids are in bed, so I, I can dig it. <laughs> it's different now though. Like there's way more. Yeah. Like Bill Burr's F is for Family, for instance. You know, <laughs> love that show. It's good. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, it's pretty good. Bill Burr being his dad is, I think, what it's, makes it. It's it's so amazing. <laughs> they got good writers, I think, on that show. Oh yeah. But uh, Pam and Tommy, I didn't realize those two just kind of met and then like just got married. Within like a week or two. See, I didn't, I had no clue on that. What a couple of weirdos. Who does that? Shit like this is why divorce rate in America is so damn high. And then uh, Tommy Lee has, um, his uh, his penis has, uh, it talks in the show. So an extra wrinkle in there. Who was it? I feel like that's like something Seth Rogen thought up. <laughs> what, oh, what if he has a talking penis I would say that's a Seth Rogen thing it seems like it it's pretty funny man it's a funny show 
suspenseful. They make Tommy Lee look like a total fucking asshole, though. So far, he's a rock star. I've only seen like three episodes. I don't know. I'll continue watching it. That and the gemstones. That's pretty much all I watch right now. Yeah, I watched the last gemstones episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, quite an ending there. Yeah, I um, I wasn't ready for that. No. Who knows how that turns out? I think it's a done deal. You think so? I would say so. Yeah, probably. Because he was like the end of the road, right? Well, that and... I don't want to give it away. Yeah. The volume. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because something needs to climax, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The characters are all about to evolve and change. <laughs> Should be good. Yeah, the the cross scene was kind of my favorite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do they call it? <laughs> Bearing the cross or something? <laughs> I don't know. You must bear the cross. <laughs> <laughs> Bo, I'm going to have a beer. I got, I've already got one. I'm going to have to probably finish this and get seven more. Yeah, I feel like we could do no. this tonight. No, I, don't, I need to not get too wild. I guess. Hey, let's move along. Let's yeah. Get into it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite things to do is to start off with like follow-ups from last week. Okay. You know, pick up kind of where we left off last week. Uh, what about this uh, Joe Ingalls article you sent me? I didn't really read it. You're talking about the Joe Ingles one that he wants to come back and play in the NBA. Come on, Knicks. I'm watching this Knicks Jazz game. Are you watching it? No, I need to. I should pull it up. It's your favorite time in the game. It's about to be like five, about like seven minutes left in the game. Let me go grab my. It's your favorite time to start watching a basketball game. That is correct. I like to watch them at all times, but (laughs) that is now they're doing an NBA red zone thing now, aren't they? I don't know. I would never watch that. Will they bounce around? I want to watch the whole fucking thing. All right. You know, see. so we, we talked the Ingles thing. Go on. Oh, oh yeah. Jing- Jingles. You sent me something Friday about Joe Ingles said he was determined to make his comeback, right? He has no doubt of comeback from torn right. ACL. Right, you kind of scoffed at that. Yeah. Well, that's what he wanted to say. He, he said that. Dude, what else is he going to say? Right. Um, I, I quit. No. Well, right. That could just be his agent talking, basically. Yeah. Whether or not he plays in the NBA or in Australia or somewhere else, we'll see. Uh, it's a tie game, this Knicks game. Uh, let's see. I guess we can move on from the jingles thing. Uh, last week, our almost pick game of the week was the Miami versus Toronto game. Mm-hmm. Dude, Toronto just keeps on winning games. They do. Five in a row, Toronto. They are out of the play-ins. The Nets lost eight straight, and they're in the play-ins. 
The Nets <laughs> went from one to play-ins. That's so crazy. Like a couple of weeks. That's how tight it is in the East. It's only four and a half games from being a play-in game and being in first place in the East. Four and a half games. That's fucking tight. The Wizards have completely fallen out. But the Raptors. The Raptors beat the Heat, who are the number one team in the East, by four points last week. I mean, Miami's considered a contender. They're the top team in the East right now. So, okay, Toronto. We see you. We need to pay more attention to Toronto. They're on the come up. Celtics have won five straight. They're coming on stronger. I've got more on the Celtics as it was our pit game of the week. Yes. Got more on that later. But this is about the Raptors. The Raptors are good. They've gotten themselves out of the plans. Top six. Pretty interesting story there. Who is it, Bo? Is it Siakam's come on? I think it's, well, I think Van Fleet Mm -hmm. and Siakam, yes. Who's their center? Well, it's not Valanciunas and it's not Baines. They're playing really small. Yeah, they are. They're putting Siakam at center. Mm-hmm. Playing really small. Gary Trent's been a boss. We knew he would be. Mm-hmm. I also like that Cam Birch. He doesn't get a lot of run, but he's a big that they can throw out there, and he's a pretty efficient player. I liked him in Orlando, but, you know, He's not great. He's just a lower-end guy. Really efficient player. Um, when he can get run, he's good. And then uh, Precious Achua from here in Memphis, he's been playing really well when he gets time. But you're right. They go small, and they go heavy on their starters. Toronto. <laughs> Siakam, in the last game, played 43 minutes. It's pretty serious. When they played the Heat and won, Gary Trent Jr. played 41 minutes, Van Fleet 38. I mean, Achua and Chris Boucher. It's Achua and Boucher. Those are the only guys really logging minutes off the bench. And it's a short rotation. Seven guys. Siakam, 35 minutes. Scotty Barnes, 42 minutes. It's all about their starters in Toronto. I wonder if they try to make a move before the deadline to get deeper. I don't know. Get somebody. Yeah, that that'll be interesting. They got all their picks. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, let's go for it. It's now under the east. The east is pretty wide open. Yeah, it is. And now teams are going for it. I think everybody realizes the east is wide open. And that kind of leads us into like some NBA news. There were trades. Oh, there were. That's that's true. And uh, Cleveland may be realizing that the East is pretty damn wide open. I mean, you got your top-tier teams like Milwaukee, Miami, and even... Oh, I think Milwaukee's the top-tier. Miami, we'll see. Yeah, I think Miami's good. I think they haven't really shown their cards yet to say that they're spursing it. They're getting through the regular season. When the playoffs hit, it's a different team. That's what I think. Yeah. 
So the Cavs have kind of realized that maybe it is pretty open, and they traded away a little bit of their future to get better for this season. They made a deal with Indiana that gets Cleveland Karis Levert, and they unloaded Ricky Rubio's expiring and a first-round pick, a lottery-protected first-round pick. Cleveland is taking their shot, man, looks like. Well, I don't, I don't think Cleveland's going to come out of the East, but if you give Mobley's a rookie mm-hmm. and you give Mobley and Garland like enough ammo to come out of a first-round series and build some chemistry, mm-hmm. and then they can decide what to do with Colin Sexton, keep him or t- turn him into something else. Yeah, he might be a tough sell. They might have to bring him back on their own prove that he can play still right but i mean cleveland's got it was rondo. just a meniscus it was just a meniscus man yeah it should be fine cleveland's got rondo and love they got some vets in there ed, they do, ed davis go figure kevin love it, it's it's coming full full circle you won a championship you signed a big contract and now you get to contribute that's what i what i said at the beginning of the year <laughs> Pretty amazing. I thought he would have got moved. Well, they could still move him, but for what? I don't know. Uh, Westbrook. I I watched an interview with Kevin Love. I think he was on JJ Reddick's podcast, and he seems just all in on this situation. He likes these guys. He thinks they have well, a good team. Yeah, and bigger staff. Yeah, he likes bigger staff. He kind of has embraced that mentor role i think maybe in the past he really hadn't but i think he's come to terms with it what was that video of him with the out of bounds he just like just gave up it's frustrated yeah it's a bad year it was last year yeah but now they got this mobile character and jared allen's been fucking awesome i don't know yeah he's good man this team with uh with a real a real scoring punch like levert that puts them up there, man. It puts them up there with Toronto for sure, you know, uh, Toronto or even Miami, I guess. I think it makes them really good. Well, I like uh, Levert. I forget who it was. Somebody was, who was it? I think it was Rondo. Rondo was like, you know, we've seen Levert put up 40 or 50 any given night. Kid can just flat out score. Yeah, he can. What's going on? What's going on with the Knicks Jazz game right now? Jazz are up three, one hundred to ninety-seven at, with two minutes and forty-four seconds left. Jazz look in control. Let's see if we get a close-up on Tibbs. Looks like I got the Jazz broadcast though. I saw a picture of Tibbs trying to wear a mask last week. It was like smushing his whole face in. It's like, man, can you not get one with like bigger ear loops? His nose was like all sideways. It just looked really, really uncomfortable. He's like, this is why I refuse to wear a CPAP. <laughs> Sorry, that was maybe a bad joke. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Does not matter. He ain't wearing one right now. He's in full coaching mode. Mask is none off. Of those, none of those dudes wear masks. Vaccines work, man. He fucking ripped it off already. I got a mask basket. 
<laughs> mask basket. Pass me the mask basket. I'm just destroyed mine. Come on, Knicks. I need a win. <laughs> what are your motivations? Uh-oh, we got to run out here. Why the fuck would I take the Knicks against the Jazz in Salt Lake? I don't know why you would do that. Because I think like, they're hungry. You're like, oh, Rudy Gay's not playing. <laughs> well, I figured with Jingles out, it's anybody's game. That's right. Poor Jingles. Mike Conley just traveled. They didn't call it. <laughs> oh, my God, Randall. Somebody control this animal. I was talking so much trash. Oh, he did travel. Look at that. I was talking so much trash on RJ Barrett last week, and then he just rattled off a bunch of insane games where he was just taking it to the rack and scoring a ton of points. He's so up and down. One week you look, he looks like he'll ne- he can't play for shit, and then he just goes on a tear. It's just not consistent yet. He can't bring it every game yet. Ah, the Jazz are going to win this one. I know it. I know it in my heart. Donovan's not giving up this lead. He just fucking took Randall to the rack and won with a minute left. Donovan is nice. Tibbs has got to be one of the most interesting coaches in the league. Absolutely, yeah. Julius Randle is one of my favorite players to root for, but he just continuously this season has let me down. Just not being the guy. He was so good last year. I don't know if he's trying to do too much. Is that possible? Too much, yeah. It could be. It feels like he has to be the guy. He has to be the one. The Jazz fans are leaving early. Nine-point lead. 45 seconds. Oh, that's game. Ugh. That Donovan jam probably sealed the deal, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm just seeing it now. Sorry, Jeff. No worries. There's more games tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> more opportunities. So let's talk more trades. Okay. Thursday is the last day for trades. This Thursday. So There's a lot of smoke out there. Mm-hmm. Before we talk about the other trade that happened, do you have any predictions or situations of interest? I guess Ben Simmons is an yeah. obvious one. It's very interesting. Will they be able to move him? So that's that's one. The 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 James Harden chatter is interesting. Mm-hmm. Of course. Yeah, as the as the Nets are in like an eight game losing streak, it's pretty fucking interesting. I'd say yes. If I was Sean Marks, I would say okay. If I can get out, I can get a younger player, and this is clearly not working out. Well, you know the Nets need depth, so if they can get some players from maybe a couple of teams, maybe it's a three team deal. Maybe they get a couple of role players and Ben Simmons somehow. Yeah, it's well, worth it. On Bill Simmons' pod today, he was saying that they would they would want, from his source, whatever that means, they would want Seth Curry and Ben Simmons for Harden. That's all? And picks, I think. I don't know. But 
like Seth Curry would be the mm. depth that you're talking about. Mm. Yeah, I'd want one. Uh, I'd want one more. Maybe some interior defense or something. Yeah, for the Nets, something that can go against all those bigs in Cleveland or Bam in Miami. Something bigger. Defensive. I don't know. They're not going to get all their... They're not going to get everything they want. No. It probably won't even be a deal. I don't know. I don't know, man. It just seems far-fetched. Well, obviously, we'll find out. What was the trade that did happen? There was a Clippers and Blazers trade. Yeah. Norman Powell... Mm-hmm. Who signed that big contract with the Blazers? Apparently, had just bought himself a house. Oops. The Clippers are trading Eric Bledsoe, Justin Winslow, and Keon Johnson, and a future second-round pick to the Blazers for Norman Powell, Powell, and Robert Covington. Ah, uh, yeah, Robert Covington. Yeah. So that trade opens up a bigger role for. Anthony Simons in Anthony Simons. And he's Portland. been pretty darn good with Dame yes. out. The Blazers had Gary Trent Jr. And they traded him for Powell. And they traded Powell for basically Eric Bledsoe. So the Blazers turned Gary Trent Jr. and two first round picks into Eric Bledsoe. That's not great. But things have changed in Portland. Between those two trades, a lot. Portland's roster is kind of a fucking mess. I feel like they're scrambling. And they're also trying to kind of prepare for the next 10 years at this, like, and put together a team that Dame Lillard's going to be okay with. Right. Well, yeah. They're, you know, the future and now. Somehow they're trying to, like, merge that shit. They're scrambling. The Blazers are a fucking mess. They really munsoned it this year. Is they're going to trade McCollum or Nurkic? I don't think they can. And look Dame Lillard in the face. <laughs> I mean, it depends what they get back, but come on. CJ's his boy. And if they trade Nurkic, what, what do they got in the middle? They got Rocco. Oh, wait, no, they don't. Maybe they're going to bring the old man Sabonis back out of retirement. No, I, I don't. Well, maybe they're just going to pull the plug on the year and tank. That roster is gross. It's not good. Now they've got Justice Winslow. We know what he is. Mm-mm. Ben McLemore. This team is disgusting. They can't trade Nurkic. Maybe they do for stuff, picks and stuff. Yeah. That's a guy. They have to. Put Nurkic in uh, Brooklyn. Make it, uh, maybe Portland gets involved with Philly and New, uh, oh, not New Jersey, Brooklyn. Philly and Brooklyn just take all of Portland's players, and Portland just gives a bunch of picks and shit. Tobias Harris is contract. 
I don't know what they're doing, man. <laughs> Portland. Norman Powell to the Clippers, though. That's, that's kinda, handy. It's kind of interesting. Well, and Robert Covington. So they add some scrappy big wings to go with their next year all-star wings. Yeah. It, Powell's a scorer. And when everybody's watching Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, either in the playoffs this year, I don't know if Kawhi's really coming back, but definitely next year, when everybody's watching Kawhi and Paul George, like Norman Powell's going to be wide open. It's kind of his role in Portland when they were healthy. Yeah, they got him for basically nothing other than the cost of his contract. The Clippers being they? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. They traded Bledsoe. Dude, who wants Bledsoe? That's nothing. Yeah. The Blazers don't want Bledsoe. Mm-mm. The Grizzlies wanted Bledsoe, didn't they? Like, Mm-mm. No. <laughs> Bledsoe is not, uh, he's not playing. But Norman Powell with those two guys, like he's going to light it up, man. Chilling on that three-point line, draining them. It adds a good scoring punch, like a third guy. Like uh, Boston could use a guy like Powell, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just somebody else while everybody's looking the other way. Thought that was a good trade for the Clippers. Not so much for Portland. Yeah, I don't know what Portland's doing. Well, we'll see. I think they're going to unload their guys. They're fucked. Yeah, I guess maybe they are preparing to just dump it. I bet you Philly would take Dame. Dame's going to play this year. They get Dame and Harden and Embiid. What about that 2027 Lakers pick and Taylor Horton Tucker for McCollum for Westbrook? Westbrook for McCollum? Is that what you're saying, basically? Yeah. Hmm. I think that's a win for both teams. They get a pick and they get off McCollum's contract. Yeah, I'm just not sure if the Lakers want to admit they're wrong on Westbrook. <laughs> uh, actually, that would have to be more because Westbrook's getting paid 44. I could maybe they could reroute. You have to throw in like Ben McLemore or something. <laughs> the Lakers would have to take you could, Mac you could back. do. You could do. Bledsoe and McCollum for Westbrook. Hmm. Interesting. And that pick. If I'm the Lakers, then, I do the, it. Yes, but then you have Westbrook and then Dame. <laughs> <laughs> and you just say, fuck it. You take uh, whatever you can get. You just never know with these things. I think Portland, Philly, Brooklyn... Those look like the major players at the deadline. Yeah. Memphis is probably not going to do anything. I sure hope not. New York could get involved in a deal. Yep. Somebody that thinks they can do better. Boston, maybe. I think with Memphis, they their move would be to consolidate their first-round picks at the draft. Mm-hmm. If they don't want to take three first-round picks, they can mm-hmm. move up a couple spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Get whoever they have their eye on. Like, definitely get who they want. Or at least you could just move, like, the 
Shit. their own pick for like two seconds. That's what they did last year. They moved up to make sure they got who exactly they wanted. Well, I, you know, we were, it's assumed maybe they wanted Josh Giddy, but looks like Zaire is fitting in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he is. That kid's happy as shit. He's getting all his playing time. They're winning. He's playing. It's like, it's kind of the Jason Kidd effect, right? You play with Jason Kidd, you, you're good. Well, John Morant's embraced this like mentoring situation with Zaire, where it's all about hard work and uh, growth. It's like a kid brother situation, man. It's really nice. You can see it. They're all rooting for him. They're rooting for the kid, and the kid's obviously has a really good attitude, or else they wouldn't be embracing. Right, it's like mentoring ship, mentorship, mentoring. <laughs> you can tell it's working. Anything else in the news, Bo? No, we like we kind of covered the trade deadlines coming quick. It's, that's kind of it. We kind of, I feel like we covered it. All right. What do you say we move on to the pick game now? Play that sound. <laughs> I'm getting, I'm getting, I think I'm getting tired of the Roseanne <laughs> but it still makes me laugh every time that's pretty funny <laughs> I'm gonna be do you want me to be completely honest with you Jeff what I didn't know that was Roseanne <laughs> you just, what did you think it was I didn't know what the fuck it was I thought it was funny <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm like way out of the loop on pop culture, especially there's this. Yeah, I watch like as my as a family <laughs> growing up, the only thing like the only TV show we watched as a family, like every week was The Simpsons. Yeah, your dad loves The Simpsons. Yeah, that was our. So I think that shaped a lot of my a lot of everything. Yeah. He does love the stuff. He still watches it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's been on for so long. It's, it's good. I can't remember the last time I sat down and watched a Simpsons episode. How- I know. It's overwhelming to me because I want to wa- I want to keep up with it, but maybe I just need to just watch the new ones as they come out, like starting now, for instance, instead of trying to, oh, I need to, you know, is watch that, all the seasons. Is that what you're doing? You're trying to like? No, absolutely not. No, I haven't watched a Simpsons episode in like six months or longer. <laughs> what I'm really disappointed, I haven't watched. A, I'm, I'm like behind on it's always sunny. Oh, I saw the new season. Is it good? It's all right. I don't know. You got Dennis in there. It's it's good. Yeah, it's that shit needs to go. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've done all they can do. It looked like this season looks like they go on vacation and they shoot some episodes and then they're like, they shoot like all the episodes in a, a week and spend like a yeah. month on vacation. Is what it looks like. They're just like, hey, we got to do, let's just do a location season and go on a, a vacation together and have it all get paid for and stay at the Ritz. 
That's what it looked like to me. It looked like the whole season was filmed in like one day or three days. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just kind of over it, I think. I think they've run out of shit to do. It's like Seinfeld. How long can you keep doing the same fucking thing? How long would you want to? I like Danny McBride's approach where he's like, all right, like two, three seasons on everything, and I, I got to get the fuck out of there. Do something new. I wonder if that's what he's going to do with gemstones. Definitely. 100%. They do a season three, and that's it. No question. You saw how, I, I, how long Eastbound and Down went on? Like, he doesn't want to do that shit again. I, I can see that. I. I love Eastbound and Down, but yes, I, if you can get Vice Principals, Gemstones, and then whatever he's got next, bring uh-huh. it on. Yeah. They don't want to get stagnant. Uh, yeah, money talks, but I think with him, like, he doesn't live in Hollywood. He kind of be- rolls to the beat of his own drum. McBride, he wants, do it. he wants to do what he wants to do, you know? Those guys want to keep it fresh. Jesus. Suggs. Yeah. I want a Kelvin and a and a Keith spinoff. Huh. I don't. <laughs> you don't watch those Bustle Boys. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the weirdest fucking part of the show. It's That's like my favorite gonna, part. It's where is this going? I can't figure out where it's going. <laughs> what was the point? I of think it? I, I think it's just it's amazing. Calvin, you and those muscle boys, muscle men, <laughs> muscle men. <laughs> and he's like helping him put his underwear on. Like, oh, that was the, the best. Fuck is like going on, on? A, on his knees in front of a naked Calvin <laughs> Keith was. I was just like, yes, this is so awesome. <laughs> I would do anything for you. <laughs> and like my favorite part is that that scene that McBride came up with all of it too, which is just even the <laughs> had to have, <laughs> which makes it even better. <laughs> <laughs> what were we doing? We were going to the pick game, pick game. We, I just, we got off the rails here. I was like, I didn't know it was Roseanne. Uh, Charlotte Hornets, Boston Celtics, TD garden, Boston, Massachusetts. These teams were eight and ninth in the Eastern standings going into this game. Very close. That's why we picked it. Yep. It's close. Say Tuesday look. night, right? Wednesday? Tuesday, Wednesday. Something. I think it was Wednesday. I think you might be right. I'm sure of it. These teams are still. Yep. Yep. These teams are still at eight and nine. But I'm thinking the Hornets were at nine and the Celtics were at eight. And now they've switched. The Hornets won the last matchup between these two teams. Bo, why did why did we pick this game? It was eight and nine. It was close in standings. Makes sense. Competitive. We, we picked it because it was one of the better matchups. And it had good implications for rest of the season. Play-ins. Even more, though, we wanted a little more LaMelo, right? Well, who doesn't want more LaMelo? But mainly, we wanted to see Boston. We haven't watched Boston. Watched them a little bit, but yeah. We, we haven't done a pick game. And 
there's been a lot of controversy with the Jalen Brown, uh, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum duo. Can this work? Yeah. Is it working? Should they? Are they going to get broke broken up on Thursday? Right. Been a lot of talk here and there, but so I said, well, we better, we better, 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 better go ahead and uh, watch a Boston game. This looks like a good, fun one. Let's do it. I watched the Boston broadcast in an attempt to hear more about Boston. Did you watch the game? I watched the Boston broadcast as well. Oh, interesting. Did you enjoy the game, Bo? I did, but we needed Brian to come on because, you know, he watched the Hornets broadcast. Definitely. Or would have. He would have. I don't think he watched it. I don't think he had time to do jack shit this week except for run a restaurant in a time of desperation. Meanwhile, you're sitting back with your power. No, I didn't have time to watch the game. I made time to watch the game. Sitting back with my power, just watching the NBA. The temperature is like 80 degrees in my house. Cooking pizzas and just like I'm cooking so much food and throwing half of it away because I don't even want it all. Taking hot, hot, long showers. Just just leaving the water running when I'm not even in there. Yeah, Who needs an aquifer when you got power? Charging up all my devices. Just blatant abuse of power. Watching League Pass. Watching fucking watching the same game just over and over. I'm not even in the room. It's just on. The TV's just running. Just shit is just on in my house. I'm not even watching it. Several TVs just on. I'm asleep. The TVs are on. Turn the sound down so I can sleep, but just using up all this power. I got space heaters. It's it's a hundred degrees in my house. Just a total piece of shit. Nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I need another driving beer. to Arkansas to do things. Yeah, I'm driving around, getting gas, just bitching getting old style, bitching at the gas station because it's kind of cold outside while I fill up my car. The Hornets were the underdog, yeah. Boston was favored. It was in Boston. Mm-hmm. Boston was favored. The Hornets won last time they played. So, for whatever has changed, Boston was a favorite. Six and a half points. On a Wednesday night, it's a sold-out game in Boston. They're selling out games, Bo. At the TD Garden. Something fun to do on a Wednesday night in Boston. The Bruins must, you know, when the Bruins aren't in town, we go up, we go, we watch the Celtics. We'll settle for a basketball game. That's Bruins country. Great start to the game, Bo. Up and down, fast. Is there anything you like or dislike about the Brown Tatum duo? I I think it's perfectly fine. I just don't think that they have got the right pieces around them. Mm. I think we I've kind of talked about this before. I don't think I think if you could throw a Desmond Bain in there. A third scorer, for sure. Yes. And then they need a say a Ricky Rubio. Or a prime Al Horford. I love Al Horford, but yes. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I mean, he's fine. If you, but I think they need like if you were to throw like a real point guard in there with him. Mm-hmm. Schroeder's not that smart. Is good, but I love Marcus Smart, but he's a six man. He's a six man combo guard. Yeah, I just think it's. What about John Wall? Oof. Horford for Wall. We talked about this last week. John Wall, how well he would fit in. It would be fun. Boston as like a third scorer in the starting lineup. A playmaker. He'd get 12, 14 assists a game. Yeah, it would be nice because he'd be running. Yeah, he would. It's such a fucking shame that he's just sitting down in Houston not doing anything. Well, I think he's eating some, hopefully eating some good Vietnamese food. Wasting his fucking final years able to play basketball, like not playing basketball. It's fucking terrible, man. I mean, that guy's making like 40-something million dollars this year. So how sorry do am I really? But come on, man. Ben Simmons. You, you love the game. You want to see him play. He yeah, wants we to talked play. About it. We've talked yeah, about we, this. Of course we have. Let him play 25 minutes and facilitate for them young youngsters and it's fucking Rockets, man. I'm boycotting the Rockets. I'm not doing a single Rockets pick game. You're siding with China. No. Maury is in Philly. That's true. You're right. Oh, yeah, Rockets are back on in China. I'm boycotting Chris Wallace. Oh, hey. And Fertitta. Fertitta. Whatever his name is. Fertitta. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Even though I own a ton of fucking stocks with his name behind them. The Rockets, like, oh, fuck you guys, man. Let the kid play. He wants to play. It's terrible. What else do you uh, like or dislike? You said they just need more help. I just you don't uh, you don't. I, I, I really actually this is one of the, this is one of the teams I've kind of tried to figure out why they're floundering with Tatum and Brown. I think they just need playmaking and uh, like another like a not everybody can have a Desmond Bain, but they need. Like in this game, Josh Richardson was hitting threes and they won. Yeah, he, he was. Five of six? Is that right? He was six of eight. Wow. In 31 minutes. And he was only a plus three. What a boss. He was just hitting those shots. He was. I yeah. saw him looking at his hand several times. Like, what is going on? Al Horford said Jalen Brown has stepped up in the locker room. And in the film room, being more vocal and attempting to be more of a leader for the Celtics. So I think this is kind of the issue that's been there with Brown and Tatum. Is how much are these guys really trying to make this team be what it can be? And I think you're right where they need more help. 100%. But the Al Horford statement's interesting because... Um, maybe that can help the Celtics turn the quarter, and then here they are on a five-game winning streak. It's good, seven and three in the last ten. Yeah, they're making themselves be a playoff team. Now I don't know if they're better than the Raptors. I think they're comparable. They're both kind of small. What I like about Brown and Tatum is you got two elite slashers you have to deal with on defense. That's hard to get, man. Two elite slashers in their prime. 
Yeah. You don't fuck with you do not split these up. I don't care. I'm so tired of fucking seeing it. I'm so tired of fucking hearing about it. You do not fucking split these up. You don't split these guys up. And I think what Hal Horford said is it's promising for the Celtics future. If that's what the Celtics want to do, uh, keep these two players going forward. I think they should. I think I've said it many times. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think they should split these two up. I think it's a special pairing that you just don't get that often. They just need more help. They need better role players. They need a third score in the starting lineup. And Grant Williams, his contract is good, so mm. you keep him. Yeah. I like Marcus Smart, and I like Tatum and Brown. That's about it when it comes to Celtics. Just because Horford's old. I'm sorry, Al. I love him. I love Al Horford, but Grant Williams is like a fat three-point specialist. Robert Williams, cool. He's a hustle guy, but he ain't he ain't the one. Schroeder. I think the Celtics do need a bit of help defensively in the paint. I was watching this game, and I was like imagining what if they had some somebody like Rudy Gobert. Yes. I was like, damn. Somebody like that. Luckily, Rudy Gobert is just growing trees, right? <laughs> He's special, but just a big defensive man. Like a chair Allen. Apparently, he was available, you know? Like, fuck. I, yeah, and like actually the Celtics had all these chips. Why didn't they just go get themselves a Jared Allen? Yeah. How much better they would be with a inside defensive presence? I think they'd be a lot better. I think the Celtics could be deeper. They need better players coming off the bench. They just seem a little weak when the subs come in. I mean, Josh Richardson, he had a good game. I think he averages like nine points a game. Yeah. And his freedom didn't play. The Celtics really don't have another backup center. They're very small. That ain't going to work in the playoffs. Not if you ask me. Nope. <laughs> I'm having another beer. Get it. I'm drinking old styles. I dipped into the next case. Oh, can you get those in Memphis or you gotta go, go somewhere special? I don't know. My dad just keeps bringing them over here. Keeps bringing them over. <laughs> he likes to help. Did you see uh, near the end of the second quarter that uh, Marcus Smart block on Kelly Oubre? It's Marcus Smart, man. He do, he do things. Kelly had like a nice breakaway. And Marcus just hustled back and somehow stayed in front of Ubre. He followed him up in the air and blocked the shot. You know, it's a tough defensive play that ended with results. I loved it. Block that dude all day. Marcus Smart, get him. Marcus Smart had a good game, though. 7 of 11 from the field. So he's defensive and he's efficient in this one. Like uh, Marcus Smart's still playing top-notch defense and scoring with efficiency. I'm a I'm a big Smart fan. I don't think that comes as a surprise to you. It's the same reason. No. I, it's the same reason I liked Scary Terry when he was on Boston. So like that energy guy. Same reason I like Westbrook. 
and John Morant. Just dudes just go for it. But I think this was an above average game for Smart. And then you've got your huge drop off in talent after those three. Brown, Tatum, Smart. Richardson's not the guy, man. <laughs> He's decent. There's actually rumors that Timberwolves are interested. Well, maybe no, it was the Jazz are in- interested in Richardson. Check this out. The last game the Boston Celtics played, they beat the Orlando Magic. Josh Richardson played 27 minutes and had zero points. So it goes of six to eight from three to fucking no points. Goose egg. Yeah. That's, that's what we're dealing with here. It's funny. When he was in Miami, he was, I thought he was good. Mm-hmm. He was younger. He was good. He was getting steals and some blocks. He was younger. Maybe there was more potential on his, like, you're like, ah, this guy's good. He could be even better. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I'm still bummed the Knicks lost tonight. Anyway, I got to get off yeah. it. I got to get off it. So the Celtics led by one point after the first half. Yeah, we got a good game going here. It's 53-54. It was almost like we were getting the best games of all these guys. I think both teams realized this game really meant something. It was like a statement game. Did you get that feeling? They wanted to win. They were definitely hyped. And the Celtics were playing like they were playing in front of a sellout crowd. That's for sure. Yeah, like they wanted to prove to Charlotte that they were the better team, especially after losing to them last time. They wanted yep. to prove that they're the play they're the playoff team. Like if I'm Boston, I'm I'm going out there against every Eastern Conference team and I'm proving I feel like I have to prove that I am a playoff team. That we are a playoff team. Miles Bridges had a less than stellar game. I love Miles Bridges. Six points. Yes. I was distracted by Kelly Oubre's hair. I hate it. <laughs> Him and Lamella, who has the worst hair? This Lamella's like 19, so you can just kind of say, <laughs> They're both kind of obnoxious with that. <laughs> Not that it matters at all. They both look like they're just trying so hard to be noticed. That's a thing in the NBA. Yeah, that's why Russell Westbrook wears that clothes. Mm-hmm. I like both of these teams, Bo. But there's a catch: if you took Brown or Tatum off of Boston, oh, it's over. I would not think so highly of Boston. No, those two guys didn't have great games in this game. Tatum had 19. Brown had 15. They didn't have great games. And I think that's because Charlotte is big and they're fast and they're strong. They can kind of zero in on a couple of guys. But when you look at the assist column, Tatum had nine assists and Brown had six. Which means, they, to me, means that even though they couldn't get their offense going, they were still contributing. They were still catching guys in good spots to score. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that was kind of the uh, game plan for Charlotte. Was to focus on the duo of Brown and Tatum defensively and daring the Celtics to beat them with role players. That's what it looked like to me. They did a good job. 
regardless of uh, Charlotte's defensive scheme. Smart had a great game. Richardson had a great game. Lucky for Boston, I think. <laughs> if Marcus Smart doesn't go 7 of 11 from the field. and I know, and like, he's like a career <laughs> whatever the fuck yeah. he is. Yeah, like uh, 42% or something from the field, mm-hmm. probably. Well, and Josh Richardson, obviously, mm-hmm. like you said. Those guys don't have great games. They, Those guys don't shoot it out of the gym like Josh Richardson went 8 of 12 from the field. As we said, 6 8 from 3. If those guys don't shoot like that, they lose this game. No question. They're not hitting their shots. I, I, mean, I just felt like this game, watching it, mm-hmm. the teams were evenly matched. It was a close game. It was really fun. Mm-hmm. It was a matter of, let's see the old adage, who hit more threes? Celtics hit two more threes. 14 for 36. Now look at those percentages. Yeah, it was the percentages and the yeah free throws. It's the fucking refs. It was the team. <laughs> it was the team three point percentages. Boston went thirty eight, almost thirty nine, and and Charlotte was at thirty. Yeah, and they shot like the same volume, pretty much. Yeah, it's funny. You get a close game, that's and you look at the box score. That's what it comes down to. It's almost every fucking time. That's pretty close to forty. If Boston got to forty percent on their threes, I would have been like. Well, yeah, they won. <laughs> they shot 43s and made 40%. It's hard to beat. Uh, Brian Scalabrini. How about this guy, huh? He's good on the call, I thought. I always like Scalabrini. Yeah, I thought he was pretty good. Former player. You always like the former player. And and he's... Hmm? He, he did... I, I forget what it was, but he did like a pros versus Joes or some kind of some kind of something or other hmm. where he played some guy in pickup and just smoked his ass yeah. and said what was it i'm closer to lebron james <laughs> than you are to me yeah right <laughs> which is when when you think about it that's absolutely correct mhm definitely like no, the, the lowest it, like the worst nba player is miles ahead of anybody that's not even close like not in the nba right and and scal has nothing on lebron but the point is well made the worst guy in the nba is still in the fucking nba and you'll never like the average joe will never ever beat them in basketball right and if you listen to scal talk about being in the nba like his focus was on footwork and defense and like obsessing over that and that's what kept him yeah in the in the league mm-hmm. was that his ability to keep in front of guys mm-hmm. and be able to play defense even though it was an, on a, a very short-term basis as far as floor time mm-hmm. he could still do it and he could hit threes and rebound and, and contribute out. contribute in practice too yeah 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 it's it's fascinating so very scalabrini really misses terry rosier <laughs> he kept praising Terry Rozier and talking about how much he likes his game. Even though Terry Rozier doesn't play for Boston anymore, he plays for Charlotte. Charlotte. The competition. He said, I really like this guy. I just hope he doesn't have a good game tonight. I did catch that. It was pretty funny. 
I'm a big Rozier fan too. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, a tough player, you know. Tough, tough. Scary Terry. Yeah. Good game. Good game. Tied at 70, a few minutes left in the third. Boston fans at the Garden really enjoyed that Kelly Oubre airball three-point shot late in the third quarter. That was a really loud airball chant. Uh, watching this game, Bo, I don't know if you uh, felt this way. I'm curious. It felt like Dennis Shooters was like totally pointless. I don't even remember him being in the game. I didn't feel it. I didn't feel his presence. He's just a backup point guard. I feel like he could literally be anyone in the league playing that role. That could have been anyone. That could have been Javon Carter. Javon Carter, yeah. Could have been anyone. (laughs) Fourth quarter comes and Boston's got the lead. But let's talk about Mason Plumlee for just a second. Mason Plumlee's... Um, Not Miles, but Mason, okay. Mason Plumlee's free throw percentages, specifically, 33% this year. Worse than the NBA. That's worse than... Yeah. That's worse than any Shaq year ever. It's worse than any Kwame Brown year. His high school coach is just watching him, just cursing at him. <laughs> You're not working. He's not <laughs> He's not fucking putting in the work. No way. 33%. When was the last time you even pr- tried to practice free throws? I'm pretty sure that's the worst percentage in the history of the NBA. Ben Wallace has the lowest percentage in the history of the NBA. 41.4. Plumley is just Plumley is just bad this year. He's not usually this bad, but he's bad. But still he's uh he's no Ben Wallace. Plumley. No. Plumley for his career on free throws is still at like 560. So he's not down at 41. Like Ben Wallace. But for this year, 34. He was 33 during the game. Now he's at 34. But this is a guy that shoots two to three free throws a game. He's making like one. (laughs) Pretty bad. And he starts every game. Plays and starts every game. It's unreal. You got anything else on this game? Uh, I really just watched the big picture with Tatum and Brown. And I was more looking out for that and the LaMelo show. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I think they've done a poor job with team. Sadly, they've done a poor job with team building in Boston. Yeah, I think it's possible. Maybe... Stevens can get it turned around now that that dumbass is out of the way. Danny Ainge. Yep, that's the one. There's a reason they changed up their front office. Well, he done went to uh, Utah. Mormon country. He went back home. Yep, that's right. 
Let's see. I guess I'll move on in the game. Jalen Brown hit a big shot with about two minutes left in the game. Right in Rozier's face. It was a great finish to the game. P.J. Washington, who you were kind of talking up earlier, mm-hmm. he had a pretty good game. He hit a big shot near the end of the fourth. He also got blocked on one, too, and they were both threes. So he's half good. Marcus Smart hit a couple big free throws to make it a four-point game. That was pretty much it. LaMelo missed some wild-ass three, whatever. Any last thoughts, Bo? No, I enjoyed it. It was a good it was a good game to watch. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I thought so too. I I I wasn't sure if I was really going to enjoy it because we've done a few Charlotte games. I feel like now, and but looking at Boston and realizing that no, I'm not crazy. This Brown and Tatum thing is fine. Oh, it's totally fine. Everybody else is just fucking trying to make something where there ain't nothing. Mm-hmm. Boston won one thirteen one oh seven. Since this game, Boston has not lost a game, and the Hornets have not won. And that's the big game of the week. Let's turn now to Lowered Expectations. Lowered Expectations is a segment where, at the beginning of the season, we picked teams that were not bottom dwellers. They were teams that we thought could do well or do bad, but we have low expectations. And Bo had the Timberwolves this year, so we've been kind of keeping up with them. Bo, what's going on with the Timberwolves this week? So what I'm most excited about with the Timberwolves is not their record right now, not the fact that they're three games over 500 for the first time since Jimmy Butler and Tom Thibodeau. And I'm not excited about the fact that they're currently seven and three in their last 10. I am most excited that they're one game back of the six seed Denver Nuggets. And there's a chance that we get the Memphis Grizzlies versus the Minnesota Timberwolves in a playoff series and the Grizzlies fucking sweep their asses. <laughs> that That is what I am most excited about. You want the Timberwolves to move up? To six. Mm. The Grizzlies to stay at three mm. and then the Grizzlies will just fucking wax their ass. Mm-hmm. Probably. It's a sweep. Probably. It's a sweep. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my lowered expectations. Okay. I think Jaron could shut Cat down. And you have Steven Adams also to do the same thing. And then that's that's curtains. As much as I love Anthony Edwards, I think Ja can match that. Well, it's the and then Bane versus Bane Edwards, match. right? Yeah. Well, then Brooks might be back out there. Baines ain't backing down. Yeah, no, neither, neither would Brooks. Between the two of them, they would be able to handle Edwards. I feel like. Yeah, Edwards at this point, he'd get some at this points, point. but at at this point, I think maybe in a year or two, it could be different. Yeah, good point. Could be, or not, yeah. or maybe Edwards will be a Grizzly at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Just forego the. The Mac, he, he's not going to be first team like Jaw is going to be this year, but yeah. He just says, look, I really like what they got going on. Get me over there. Yeah. And then we send off all our future first-round picks for Edwards. Yeah. And we just dominate for 10 years. Go, Grizz. That's yep. the move. That's the future move. 
I had the Spurs, Bo. Oh, go ahead. As you, go as ahead. you know, you know this. Yeah. Uh, they played the Warriors, the Heat, and the Rockets last week. They only three games. Only three games. They lost the ones you thought they would lose. Uh, they lost to the Warriors. They lost to the Heat. The Spurs are like the most boring team in the NBA right now. They beat the Rockets. How about that? But what's interesting with the Spurs to me this week is Zach Collins. Zach Collins made his Spurs debut Friday night against the Houston Rockets after missing so many games. He hasn't played since the bubble. And he's with Portland. Mm-hmm. He's had injuries and rehabbing. Zach Collins, uh, he could be nice. He played 13 minutes, had 10 points, 7 rebounds, and 3 assists. 13 minutes against the Rockets. After this game, they don't, they don't, the Spurs didn't play for like five days. So I don't even know what Zach Collins, there's no pattern yet. It's a very small sample size. It's the smallest sample size possible. But uh, very interesting. Zach Collins back from the dead. And uh, it was cool to see him playing again. It's cool to see him make his comeback. It's been a long damn time. And that's uh, pretty much the only interesting that happened thing that happened with the Spurs this week. Keldon had some good games, but not ready to prop him up yet. You think they'll trade Thaddeus Young? DeJounte Murray made the All-Star game. Oh, he did. That's right. We didn't talk about All-Stars, but who cares? Draymond, who was a forward... Can't play because he got hurt, so they subbed in a guard. Then now there's like ten guards in the Western Conference All Star game, which I get because Dejounte is averaging like eight rebounds a game at the point guard. He good eight rebounds a game and like twenty points a game, like over two steals. It's the kid's crushing, Dejounte Murray. Ooh, he deserves it, but. I thought they were going to put another forward in the All-Star game. I thought maybe Jaron had a shot. That would have been cool for Ja and Jaron to be in there together. No fucking dice. Let's just put another guard in there. Let's send another guard to Cleveland. We're guards. It's all guards. They should have been, like Silver should have been smarter, put a big man in. But he couldn't, he couldn't overlook DeJounte Murray. He couldn't do it. He couldn't pass him up. It wouldn't have been a, Prudent. We got to pick a game for next week, Bo. All right. You got your notes up for the games? I'm looking at my <laughs> notes. Schedule. Let me look at my notes. Look at me. Let me check out my notes. Let me pull up my notes here. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see. I got Wednesday night. That's right before the trade deadline. It's going to be hot. It's all right. Well, we want to do a Friday night. No, that players won't play on Friday if they get traded on Thursday. Well, it's like a Saturday night. Let's they won't play that. Saturday either. It's a damn mess. It's possible Saturday they would play. I got Grizz Hornets on Saturday. How about this? This week's pick game is subject to change. Okay. Based on the trade deadline. So we can pick a game, but it might change. Ooh, Nuggets week. Raptors. If something, those, teams are, those teams aren't trading. If something happens and players are traded and they play over this week, we can shift. We'll we'll pivot on the fly. 
we'll, we'll just communicate between the two of us. But we should pick a game. Which one do you like? I like that Nuggets-Raptors game on Saturday. I also like that. How many stars? I think it's like a four or five. It's like right up there. Um, yeah, I like it because it's it seems comparable it's, it's, um, as far as uh, standings go. What is the Nuggets are 29 and 24. Raptors are 29 and 23. Four stars. And this is a five-star system for those that are new. Yeah. Because uh, I'm a five-star man. That's why. Yeah, four stars. Fine. I'll tell you, on Thursday night, the uh, Nets Wizards, that could be a weird one. That could be Beal gone, Harden gone. Which one? Nets Wizards. Okay, I was looking at... Um, I'm just Sa- saying for Kings trade trade deadline implications. Yeah, I like Kings Wizards. You like Nets Wizards. You know, if there's big trades. Yeah. Bo like Nets Wiz. I like if there's big trades. Kings Wizards. Well, uh, that's one we didn't talk about during when we were talking about trades. Is the Kings could get involved too. Oh, Harrison Barnes and Big Time Fox and healed yeah i'm gonna go ahead and take memphis charlotte off the fucking table that's one i liked but i think it i think it it will be a team that's involved with trades and if it's not then we're gonna do that denver toronto game because i want to watch toronto and it's comparable records i think it's going to be a good one who's better denver or toronto so that'll be our pick game denver toronto subject change with Trade implications. Mm-hmm. Bo, would you like any free space to talk about anything you'd like? I don't think so. You going to be here next week? I'm planning on it. Beautiful. You, you going to have me? I'll be here. You know I'm having you. All right. For lunch. As long as your lights are, not, are on. Aren't on, are on. Oh, yeah. We got to come back and we're going to talk about whatever trades happen. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Trade deadline is fun. It'll be fun. Uh, we'll keep the pick game short because it's going to be a lot of trade talk, I think. Yeah, and let, let us know uh, like a reasonable uh, time frame what the pick game is yeah. after trade. To, yeah. Well, yeah, of course. We'll, we'll be, uh, you know, I'll be. We talking. can put a Twitter poll up. You, me, and Brian can vote on it, and Evan can be the tiebreaker. <laughs> if you have a suggestion for the pick game of the week this week, <laughs> Go ahead and call us and leave us a message. That number's 901-365-75. Leave us a message. Tell us what the damn pick game should be uh, right. after the trades go through. What game What game is the most interesting to you with trade implications? Mm-hmm. Post-deadline. Let mm-hmm. us know what you want to fucking hear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you made it this far in the podcast. Bo, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Brian, maybe we'll see you next week. I don't know. Maybe you'll survive that till that time. I don't know. Thank you, everybody, and anybody for listening. You don't understand. I ain't scared of you, motherfuckers.